Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It in Paradise, a show about married parents of small children just finally reconnecting romantically after the rigors of childbirth. I mean, why do we set aside four hours of our precious time every week if not to watch something essential, like former reality TV stars farting on each other and saying things like, not tonight, babe, I'm gassy. (laughs) This is like... The relatability we crave in our TV. We just want to watch something that's exactly like our own lives, right? So (laughs) this week on season eight of Bachelor in Paradise, it's the Jared and Ashley I show. It's the Jared and Ashley I married couple comedy duo hour or four hours. And there's just some like dating mayhem squeezed into spare moments in the episode runtime. (laughs) This is like the longest I've seen this show commit to an extended bit. Like at this point, it went on for three episodes and... Which is six hours. It's just a bridge too far for me. It's really wild. I... (laughs) They really took a a swing on it. They were like, we're going all in on Jared and Ashley I talking about how they haven't had sex in a while because they had a baby. (laughs) We think people are really gonna love it. Why would our audience is aging? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's exactly why we spend our time watching Bachelor in Paradise um, (laughs) to see stuff like this. So we'll get more into that later. But yeah, first, we got to we got to start where we left off last time, which is. Yeah. Teddy has left quite suddenly from the beach. I do want to say that since we recorded the last episode, um, Zachary Reality did report that what he had heard is that producers basically told Teddy that she was not allowed to show interest in anyone else and were really pressuring her to stay with Andrew. And as a result, she was like, I'm out. I have to draw a boundary. I 
I like couldn't process this information. Like it doesn't seem real to me. It's it could be true, but if so, why would they do that? Like they have Brandon and Serene, so they have this beautiful love story anchoring the beach. Teddy and Andrew are not really giving us much. Their first date was awkward as hell. And the whole point of paradise is to take a solid couple like Andrew and Teddy and explode it with another great option for her like Rodney and create some some drama and maybe another great couple at the end. Like maybe Rodney and Teddy would be. It's only like week three. Like I don't understand why they can't do that. And if that's Just what like they did. Just in the reins of control a little bit. Like if someone's yeah. not into each other, you can't force it. And if it's that's what they did, to try to force it. I think they've truly lost the plot. And yeah, honestly, given how things are going, it it does perhaps make sense that they've just lost the plot because they're going hard on producing drama. But then one naturally occurring drama like this might be happening. They're just like, no, go away. We can't have that. Stop it. What? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I feel like this is what goes back to what we've been talking about, about like seeing the effort of production for the mm-hmm. last couple seasons. And it's like they have to learn to loosen the reins and just just let some shit happen. Yeah. But apparently we're not getting it this season. So poor Rodney yeah. has received this news. Yeah, we uh, left. The person you're trying to ask on a date is not here. We left off at the end of episode three last week with Rodney being informed that he can't ask Teddy on a date because she is gone. And now we commence episode four, episode, the first episode of this week's duo of episodes. It's so confusing to keep track of what episode it is in Paradise, but here we are. I mean, and now this is about to be a 16-episode season, Uh, so we've, like, barely scratched the surface. And so he receives this news. He is absolutely soaked in sweat. Every pore is dripping. He looks distraught. (laughs) He's having a rough night already. He clearly needs the AC, and he needs to just be in a better safer emotional environment but brandon sits rodney down for a pep talk i love their friendship it's very sweet Me too he's it's like so look cute. teddy's gone she's great you have great taste you picked a great woman still several <laughs> several amazing women here i love how he said several and it's like there are a lot of women but just a handful are amazing <laughs> he's like they all love you and rodney of course like when you're sitting down at a restaurant, you haven't had time to fully research the menu. Is like, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> uh, Jill, Victoria, and Brittany. It, yeah, Brandon's are the recommendations. Like, Jill's actually pretty dope. Victoria's dope. Brittany's dope, and Serena's is also dope. But hands off, she's taken. And he tells Rodney, you are the hottest commodity to hit the sand. Everyone's been talking about you and waiting for you to show up. And Rodney is just so tickled. So the night's turning around for him. But he decides that he feels bad about asking someone as an obvious second choice. Also, it seems like it's like 1 a.m. at this point. I'm pretty confused. It's very odd. They're like, like, where's Rodney? It's midnight. He's supposed to be going on a date. I'm like, who wants to start a date? In the dead of night. Like, this is, that's not, this is not human. And how long was he looking for Teddy? Because apparently it's midnight and he's just planning on now asking Teddy on the date. So they're going on like an early morning date. He's been roaming around looking for her. In the daylight. 
So he's just been like, I don't know, being pulled by production to do various things, I guess, for hours. The time doesn't make any sense. It's it's like dream time logic. Um, the light keeps changing. The hours keep changing. You're not sure how much time has passed. And so he decides he's just going to hang out and get to know everyone and not use his date card because it's not a great foot to start a date off on being like, well, it's 1 a.m. and the girl I wanted to ask isn't here. So you, I guess. And he's like, let's just all hang out and get to know each other. He plops down by Jill. They seem to be vibing a little bit. She's swooning. She loves Rodney. She's making a seamless pivot from, I'm so sorry about Teddy, Rodney, to, Rodney, you're so funny. And they're laughing a lot. Unfortunately for Jill, someone else has her eye on Rodney, and that someone is Lace. Honestly, I just have to give Lace props for this entire move. She was like, I want Rodney. I want in. I'm going for it. I'm going to shoot my shot. And she does so successfully. I was honestly bow down. I honestly was not expecting this after her performance night one. This was masterful. She swept yeah. right in. She she giggled. She flirted. She She's just ready to put everything that she, every skill she has out there. She's like, Rodney's worth it. He lights up the beach with his big, white, pearly smile. Jill is like a little girl with her flirting. He needs me. He needs my skills. So she approaches him at the bar she gets him to admit that she is exactly his physical type. I mean, I feel like we only ever see this when, or or do guys always just say you? Because like, you never see someone be like, so what's your type? And have them be like, oh, you know, someone kind of the opposite of you. Like you have dark hair, blonde, probably like different body shape. No, he's like, exactly you. You're my type. And she says that she has a six foot requirement and some needs someone who golfs. Lace and I are just so different. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Rodney is laughing and he's like, well, I just, I just made the six feet requirement. So thank God for that. Like, (laughs) but he's clearly, he's like into it. He's, she's, he's picking up what she's putting down. I appreciate like, honestly, golf is something you spend a lot of time doing. So if you want someone to golf with, I appreciate just be upfront about about that. You got to know what, what you're looking for. They're drunkenly flirting. I think the vibe between them feels very last call. It's like sweaty. Everyone seems drunk and tired. It probably feels that way because it's 2 a.m. and everyone is exhausted and they've been drinking yeah, everyone all day. everyone is drunk and tired. <laughs> it's like literally it's last call time. They head off for a beach walk while Jill waits for Rodney back by the pool. And before long, Justin spots Rodney and Lace. Hardcore making out by the water. I think we have a clip of of what he has to say. Rodney, America's hero, and I think that pairing, that the, I don't even know what to say. And then they start kissing, and I didn't want to look, but I couldn't stop looking. I'm like, is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> so, uh, this may be the most shocking couple in Paradise history. I mean, it's a long history, and there are a lot of shocking couples. Justin, I feel like you don't really understand the full scope of Paradise yeah, History. Yeah, I actually don't really trust your... The, I, like, I don't think you've been studying up enough to make that pronouncement. <laughs> I also think this shows 
he's really underestimated Lace. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lace is an icon for a reason. Like, she hasn't been showing her best stuff, but she can bring it. And Rodney is also just so good-natured and open and I think also hasn't studied his history. Rodney isn't sitting up here being like, she's not in my league. He's like, right. there's a beautiful woman here who tells me <laughs> she wants a six-foot-tall golfer and I'm into that. That seems great. Um, this actually somehow makes me like Rodney even more. I don't know. Me he's too. just got that, he's, he's got that je ne sais quoi where I'm like, everything you do, I just like you more? <laughs> what is that? I will say I was actually recently in a room with Rodney didn't get to talk to him a lot but was around like he just has a good vibe good energy like I I get it I get why he would like arrive and everyone's like I'm refreshed this is just like a man that exudes yeah positive positive vibes we get a couple male arrivals this week that have very different effects on the group in that way (laughs) yes and uh I can't wait to talk about the other one but for now we are going to talk about Ashley, I, and Jared, their arc continues. Oh, They're having, I guess, a romantic night in the Boom Boom Room. They wanted to extend the season to 16 episodes so badly that they were like, we need to commit a solid hour and a half of time just to Ashley, I, and Jared being in paradise and maybe having sex. Puttering around the boom boom room and being like, we haven't done this in a long time, right? We're so comfortable with each other. Can you untie my dress, babe? Like, there's so much filler that pertains to the actual singles who are dating that you could put in there to allow us to get to know them better. And instead, we're doing this. Give me more of Michael and Casey doing their, like, geriatric millennial banter. Like, I could watch easily two hours of that. I want to see what happened with Casey and Brittany because apparently right. they're not a thing at all. Like, there's always couples that just fall apart and you're just like, what happened? They could have told us Who with that say? extra, like, six episodes in this season. Um, but Ashley, I, and Jared are what they went with. And the people on the beach are also like, what's going on exactly? So to set this up, Rodney very naturally... <laughs> asks about they've gathered like I, a group of bachelor yeah, I nation love this. people it's clearly they've been like okay guys you have to all go to the bar so wells can tell you the story and rodney's like ah oh, wells what's the deal with ashley i and jared they just tell me more tell me more about their so story i don't really know their, their whole story, story. and wells says, gather round for another Wells story hour. This happened four score and seven years ago when you were all in eighth grade, except for you, Lace. I was like, rude. Rude. Rodney is only two years (laughs) younger than Lace. Exactly. I'm like, half of these guys, and also there are, I'm not exactly sure who was in that group, but I just want to say that like, Michael and Casey are five and six years older than Lace. I did double check the group when he said that. I don't think any of the guys in the group were over 30 at that okay. particular moment, but you gotta you gotta feel like he wouldn't have made that comment if a 32-year-old guy was there. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. So he tells them the whole saga. Jared and Ashley met on the beach. They went on a date. They broke up because Jared met Claire Crawley. <laughs> Ashley cried a lot. 
Nick Vile told her that she and Jared would never be together. Then Which they I just got together. Say, was the correct read at the time <laughs> and the healthy thing to tell her. Well, I mean, she dated someone else and that was what she really needed to do. And then they got together and they got engaged on the beach and now they're hashtag couple goals. Thankfully, we say, do have a lot of actual footage of them that they're able to use instead of reenactments. Yeah, and that was fun. It was fun to see these old clips. I also just want to say that I was kind of appalled that they were like, here's Claire Crawley, here's Daniel, the Canadian, but we're just going to skim over the whole fact that she like literally had an entire relationship with Kevin Wendt. They're trying to disappear both Bachelor Winter Games, which is where they met, I believe, and yes. also... It's an awkward part of their story because there was a whole like cheating scandal around it because Jared like kissed her while she was still in a relationship with Kevin and he was like she cheated on me and it was like right. it's like they're not... just like ah oh, for some reason Jared came to his senses I'm like yeah because Ashley was like I'm gonna move on yeah she was literally in a relationship <laughs> and they they wanted to gloss over some of that and also not remind us that there's ever such a thing as Bachelor Winter Games. And personally, one of my favorite. <laughs> also, they dropped out the whole. Was, it, was that that was Kayla, right? Yes. Oh, that was awful, and not not something they probably want to belabor either, because it wasn't not cute very flattering to Ashley. Um. So he tells this whole story, and then he's like, "And maybe tonight they'll finally get it on." And this sets up the arc for this week, which is: Are they gonna bang in the boom boom room? Finally, they just they can't resist a will Ashley I have sex story like she's already had it. And they're like, but once again, we're going to build an entire multi episode arc right, around like, whether we, she's going to have sex. She again. has had a whole baby. Yeah. But now she's like, you know how like after you have a baby, you're sort of like re-virginized. you're re-virginized. <laughs> it's like a whole new it's like a different epoch of your sex life begins. And uh. they're really trying to make it sound like, oh, they just like haven't done this. In so long, she's basically starting all over again. Will it happen? Will it happen right here in front of us? Well, not tonight because she ate a creamy Caesar salad and they pipe in a bunch of like the same exact fart noises repeatedly. I They are both very much acting as though she is farting a lot. So I don't know if the farts she was, were just not. No, she was I assume farting, the farts were not that audible. Exactly. That's, yeah. She was clearly farting. Yeah. But it wasn't making an extremely loud, like, whoopee cushion sound as eight most, times in a row. As most farts don't. Let's well, be exactly. honest. And those are the worst ones. <laughs> they are, the worst ones silent are the silent ones. For a reason. Exactly. She, she blames it on... I didn't love that. She's like, it's the, the Mexican food. It's toxic. And then she blames the creamy Caesar salad. Look, beans and dairy can have an adverse impact on your stomach. Lots of things can, including, I guess, a creamy Caesar salad. But she's like, it's okay. It's relatable. And I'm like, yes, I don't want to watch it. Like, all of us have had a night where we're, like, farting a lot on our husband or partner. And, like, I kind of know what that is. I don't need to see it on my fun, fluffy reality show about single people cheating on each other. <laughs> Come on. Uh, which brings us to a couple love triangles because yeah. Aaron and James and Genevieve and Shanae have finally returned. They've been on this date for like 
six days as far as I'm concerned. And it started early. It seemed early in the day. They had like a whole daytime pool party. And now it's like the middle of the night. So Genevieve is now in the position that Justin was in like two days ago. (laughs) Down to the fact that it is now Justin's birthday. I looked this up. Yes, his birthday is in fact two days after hers. Hers is like June 2nd. His is like June 4th. And I just was like, what is happening? They're in literally exactly the same situation. And yet Genevieve acts the same way both times, which is like, she is definitely the victim here. (laughs) Now she's like, it's his birthday. It's like so unfair that it's his birthday. And like, I'm so torn. And like, he just has to understand that. And I'm like, that's kind of how he felt two days ago. And you were not very sympathetic. sympathetic. No. So she sits him down. She tells him her date with Aaron went well, and she's shocked because he's so broy. But there's another side to him. He also has feelings. And Justin just simply did not make her feel wanted and special. And but Aaron does. That's the thing. She immediately she sits down and she's like, "It's awkward. I didn't expect the date to go well, but it did." He's really great. And then there's like a pause, and then she's like here's a list of my grievances against you and like I'm kind of mad at you and I just I think I understand I think that she probably doesn't want to be the bad guy in this conversation and so she is immediately trying to put Justin on the defensive and being like here's everything that you did wrong (sighs) she takes this like very hostile tone and starts being like I he made I felt wanted special i haven't felt that from you i've told you repeatedly affection is important he starts to respond and she goes can i continue and i was like i mean okay i know we all hate to be interrupted but like you are having a conversation and sometimes people want to respond to like the torrent of accusatory things you're saying to them out of nowhere so bizarre like it just took such a hostile turn and what i found hilarious is that for so long Justin keeps trying to like maybe salvage things I'm like these are two people who just hate each other at this point yeah like they shouldn't even they shouldn't even be friends <laughs> I like it's hard for me to read Justin in a sense because I don't think he should have ever given Genevieve a rose at all like he had the rose and I thought he already should have been like this is a bad dynamic but he did give her the rose so I'm like maybe he did really feel good about things between them now he's still trying to salvage it. And I'm like, is it just for the rose or is he still living in a, a world of denial where things could actually be good between them in the future? It's confusing. So she she's like, you know, this morning you only kissed me once and that doesn't make me feel, feel wanted. So Justin's like, oh, so we're counting kisses now? And this really yeah. makes her lose it. She's already mad. That, that, that's the thing. She's already taking a t- an angry tone. She's like, that doesn't make me feel wanted at all. And he's like, so, okay, so we're counting kisses. And she's like, oh, my God. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? That was a good impression. (laughs) She said it so many times. I dream about that voice now. Like, she's so mad right away. And, like, I do understand that if you have this frustration about affection in your relationship, it's frustrating to have it dismissed. But, like, you're done with Justin, basically. So just, like, let it be over. There was actually no reason for this to go on. Like, she could have just said, you know what? I had a better time with Aaron. I feel like we're a better match. The end. 
the end. Instead, they're just getting into it with each other. And he's like, okay, so three kisses this morning makes you feel more wanted. And she's like, Justin, come on. And at this point, Justin's like, please do not raise your voice at me. And you're just like, why is she yelling at Why him? is she why raising are, her voice Why at is him? this conversation continuing? <sighs> but the, and then, of course, he's like, you don't need to get so worked up. Can you, like, relax? Like, I... This is just not necessary. Well, but here's the thing. Normally, this would really piss me off. But, but also, I'm also like, confused by why she's so worked up. So I can understand the temptation to be like, like can we take calm it down, down a notch? Please take it down. Please take the tone down. Justin tries to de-escalate this. He's like, you know, sometimes you're not with someone from start to finish. That doesn't mean that we don't come back to each other. And then he said... What I want is to get back to where we were night one. I'm like, buddy, she, if you're like four days into a relationship and you're like, wow, I just really yearn for how we were the first night we met when we had like one good conversation. Like, you, this isn't, you I, gotta just give it up. I both feel like of you. they've basically been trying to get at every point in their like 36, 48 hour relationship, 72 hour relationship. They've been trying to get to some mythical other point when things would or could become good in their relationship. Like night one was not actually that good. Genevieve was like, he isn't into me. I didn't feel it. And then they have like one morning that's okay. And then from that point, it's always either let's get back to night one or let's get forward to a better time. There's never been a good time in this relationship that (laughs) is of note. And they just keep pointing in other directions, being like, maybe it's good over there or down there. It's, it's very just not weird. Good. This kind of wraps up because he asks for a hug on his birthday. And Genevieve, like, somberly hugs him and is like, happy birthday. And then he says, what? I'm not going to get a kiss on my birthday? And she sort of gives a coy little smile and says, did you kiss me on my birthday? And he says, yes. So she laughs and she kisses him and they end up kissing for a while. This whole time in my head, I'm just like, stop talking about your birthdays. This is childish. Like you're adults, like a kiss with another adult is not like a cupcake that is given to you at a party. This is just one of the worst relationships I've ever seen. I hate this relationship. I, the fact that either of them ever wanted to be in this relationship makes me think less of both of them at this point. <laughs> they have no chemistry. I mean, She's no. always mad at him. He doesn't want to kiss her. Like, what is going on? Let it go. Meanwhile, of course, Aaron and James are watching this all go down. And and Aaron, Aaron is the victim, as he, of, of course, course, always is. Because one time, Tammy made out with Thomas. On that and, very same bet. Aaron keeps calling it a cube. But it's like one of those, like, palapa it's beds. It's a day bed. A day bed. Um, <laughs> he's like, you know, I'm just stressed for Genevieve because she's going through some, like, emotional mayhem right now. But, you know, it's hard that, you know, that's where Tammy made out with Thomas. And, like, it's just hard. It's hard to watch. But they're trying to diagnose whether the body language is bad enough that Genevieve is definitely dumping Justin or whether there's some risk that she's going to come out of this still torn. And that's when Aaron sees her kiss Justin. I think we have a little clip of his reaction. Like, what the is going on? Like, 
definitely shakes my trust. I wouldn't do that to anyone, but she definitely would do it to me. So pretty disturbed by the behavior. I feel like it's all unnecessary. I feel like throwing up a little bit. Um, I feel like that kind of thing just sucks it out of me, and I just want to curl over and die. Just really sucks it out of him. I just want to go back to the Tammy and Thomas thing for a moment because the thing that always gets absolutely disappeared from that narrative is that he made out with Serena C while he was allegedly like having this really good thing going with Tammy and then pretended as if that had never happened when Tammy also explored a different connection. Like, he is just the perpetual victim. He's never done anything wrong or explored or hurt anyone. He is truly just the eternal victim. And I'm like, you literally did do that to someone. <laughs> yeah. And I, I bet I you ever do it would again. do that. Except that I already did. But hopefully everyone will forget about that. And like, here's the, let's talk about what actually she did to him. She was in a relationship, like a BIP relationship, which we all know doesn't mean a lot, but it means something with Justin. He gave her the rose she went on one date with Aaron. After that, and date, now she has to like pledge fidelity to him. Like she can I, never kiss Justin again. Now, like it, do- it truly doesn't. It doesn't add up. Like the expectations that are being had of Genevieve here. It actually makes me wonder what was said like, between them that we don't have, see. Right? Did they have some agreement or conversation that we didn't see? Because Genevieve seems to regret kissing Justin immediately after. Like, she looks ill, and she immediately gets so anxious and is like, I need to apologize to Aaron immediately because that was so wrong. Oh, my God, someone drowned me in the water. And she says this while she is still sitting with Justin. That's the sign that your relationship is headed back to solid ground. Oh, my God. Just like night one. She's spiraling. She's like, I just want to apologize to Aaron. I didn't want to kiss Justin because I knew it was wrong, but I did want to kiss him. And I'm so fucking confused. It's just so wrong. I feel horrible for Aaron. Again, I'm like, (laughs) I do not understand the dynamic here. Like, I don't understand the rules, like the rules of what is happening between these people. Like, am I dense? Like, they went on one paradise date. She already had a thing with Justin. Is it fucked up that she continued to have some sort of romantic connection with Justin after going on this date? That's actually super common. That's kind of the whole concept of the show. Like, Aaron's like, I can't believe this is happening all over again. Why does this always happen to me? Because it's it's paradise. That's what the show literally is about. Everyone's always so shocked it's happening to them. That is the concept of the show. It's also these things are usually litigated at rose ceremonies. Right. right. Like you're torn and then you have to make a decision. Yeah. And now it's like you have to do it immediately or you're like a bad person and possibly a cheater. I do think Aaron enjoys being in like the position of moral high ground. Though. Oh, like, yeah. It, it, he's like he's like really happy to be the magnanimous man who is like chiding the woman for doing something wrong. But then forgiving her. But then he does forgive. Yeah. He's just that big of a person. Yeah. 
Uh, and Genevieve, Genevieve has to plays like, into this dynamic. It's incredible. She's so hostile with Justin, no matter what, even when he has done nothing wrong or when she is maybe the one who is hurting him with her behavior. She's just always constantly hostile and casting all of the blame on him. But then with Aaron, she's she's a supplicant. She's like immediately willing to admit complete fault, apologize, like self-flagellate. And it's like, you really didn't do anything wrong as far as I can tell. Like, maybe she promised him on the date that she was completely done with Justin. But this is kind of how the show works. And she has been on one date with Aaron. And she has not, in my view, done anything wrong. I agree. She, like, heads up to the men's quarters and waits patiently as Aaron finishes up in the shower with you know, the good smelling body wash. Yeah, he finds and out she's Aaron waiting outside out. and he's like, I got to like, get that good body wash from my bag. That's what bros are for. I mean, poor James is really just there as Aaron's sidekick. He's connecting with Shanae. We'll get to that. But he's spending a lot of his time sidekicking. And I think that is his skill set. Like we see that he's always gravitating to situations where he can just be a good sidekick and he does that throughout this week so finally Aaron comes out nice and clean smelling fragrant and Genevieve launches into her apology she explains what she says to Justin she's like I'm so sorry Aaron's like well I saw I saw a kiss and then I saw another kiss and some more kisses after that so the only thing I'm having an issue with is I feel like if this was something that could potentially hurt me in that way. Why would you do it? And again, I just have to say, why? Because she was already involved with Justin, and that is how the show works. Like, does he think people come on Bachelor in Paradise, a show about dating a bunch of people in a sequence and breaking up with them on the beach, is about everyone protecting your feelings at the expense of plot, their own romantic happiness? Like, that's literally how this show is supposed to function it's like why would you do that oh gosh i don't know Aaron. maybe because the world doesn't revolve around keeping you safe and protected i'm so annoyed (laughs) oh but as we said genevieve does grovel and aaron does love to be groveled too yeah so after I she think this really for plays into yeah yeah this really plays into what what he wants. He's like, okay, she's done enough. Yeah, I'm, we have mad mad chemistry. Yeah, you're not a bad person. I will say one thing she tells him is that she only kissed Justin because he made a comment about not getting a kiss on his birthday, and Aaron's like, that's weird. That sounds manipulative. Is this manipulative? I mean, yes, I think it is manipulative to be like, why aren't you? Yeah, I mean, in a set, it is definitely. She's like, I was wondering if it was a tactic. It's like, well, uh, yes, obviously, yes, obviously, it's a tactic. Um, I will say it's also like not that much different from what she was doing two days earlier because I think she was being also emotionally kind of manipulative with Justin, like oh, it's my birthday. I've been all in with you. This is so unfair to me. After they've known each other for like 24 hours to be putting that burden of fidelity on him and you need to make me feel special. Like, I do feel like there was a lot of mutual behavior to try to get each other to act the way the other person wanted. And that it's, it is manipulative. It's not like a good dynamic for a relationship. 
I agree. So finally they make up and he tells her to go to bed without worry in her pretty little head. And she's like, why are you being so nice? (laughs) I didn't know you had a sensitive side. I thought you were just a hot bro. And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm both. I do have huge muscles and also I have feelings. I mean, bros have feelings. I actually think Aaron is in many ways the epitome of a bro because his feelings are like, if a chick isn't totally loyal to me, I am going to lash out at her. Because <laughs> that just, that embarrasses me, man. Also, I feel like we we need to be clear about the fact that anger is also an emotion. Yeah, yeah. Like, Men are like, oh, I'm not sensitive. I'm not emotional. i just angry all the time. Like, that's a feeling. Yeah, that's, that's a feeling. That's you expressing a feeling. Exactly. But after this, Genevieve feels amazing. She thinks Aaron is all in. She's like, there could be an engagement. Imagine getting engaged to oh, Aaron. dear Lord. I hope for both of their sakes there is not an engagement. The next morning, Genevieve ignores Justin she and Aaron are all over each other at breakfast. There's some incredible camera framing of Justin apparently glowering at them from across the dining area as they sit cluelessly enjoying their breakfast. He is sort of behind their heads from afar, staring at them. Meme material. But he still thinks this is worth fighting for. He does need a rest. I'm like, Justin, you have been dumped. Like, Genevieve came down to breakfast with another man, like, let him kiss her neck at the restaurant area. It's over. Like, that is a soft dump. And what's more, you should be happy about that at this point. So he pulls her aside, and Genevieve is like, I definitely, you know, she the night before she left it with, I need to sleep on it, more or less. Yeah. And... Now she's ready to do the hard dump. So she's like, I'm sorry for what I did to confuse you. I wish this could have gone differently. And Justin doesn't wish to accept this. He's like, I'm still interested in you. I still care about you. And I told you I'd tell you where I was at every step of the way. And that's what I did. Even when I went up with Victoria, I didn't even want to kiss her until I talked to you because of what we had. And now you're like Oliver Aaron and you're ignoring me. I do think that if Justin had pulled this, what Genevieve was doing with Aaron, with Victoria, that Genevieve would have lost her shit. Oh, absolutely. And Genevieve is like, well, it's different because you haven't been the perfect boyfriend. Like, I've not felt wanted, special, anything. So I'm not, I guess I don't like owe you communication anymore or like any consideration (laughs) for your feelings. Everyone wants to feel pursued. Aaron makes me feel that. You didn't even try until I got back from the date to like put your hand on me or anything. And then she brings up the fact that she has thought for a while that maybe he was just waiting for Sally. And this, this pisses Justin off. He's like, I told you I'm not. Here's the opposition that they're still in, in my mind. They both had rumored previous attachments coming into paradise. And you don't want to be made a fool of, you know, you don't want to be the Natasha. You don't want to find out, oh, he was playing me all along. He was just waiting for this other woman to show up. I get that. Like, I can see why you would think he's not going to be transparent with me, but I have to be on my guard. 
Genevieve also was sort of in this position. There were all there were all the, the, there was this chatter that she and Aaron had previously hooked up, and then he literally did show up and whisk her away from Justin. So I do almost want her to be a little bit more circumspect while being so accusatory about the Sally situation. It's also just unnecessary. Like, right. that's what was getting me. I'm like, you already dumped him. Like, just right, say, it's over. I like Aaron more. Like, you don't need to list grievances when you have broken up with someone. And then it's like they're litigating this whole other thing that doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if he was waiting for Sally. First of all, we learn later in the episode, Sally was supposed to be original cast. So they right. would have been able to hook up night one if she, she wasn't if she had, there. If she hadn't had, like, so much work. And but this is just like such an unnecessary. No, it's completely bite. unnecessary. She just needs to say, you know, I didn't feel from you what I need from a partner. That's fine. We're just not a good fit. And I'm really sorry at how things have gone. But like, it's clear that we're not making each other happy. And it quickly turns into like, you are waiting for Sally. And if you knew that I valued affection, and if you cared about that, you would have done something differently. And Justin starts to say something about how it's a whole different level of expectation or something. Like, it's kind of, he doesn't really finish his sentence. And I think we have a clip of her response. Okay, well, I'm sorry that I have high expectations that you are not able to meet. It's not a... And I've told so you everything. Like, you are not able to make me so feel special. I haven't... You haven't made so me feel... disrespectful, Jennifer. I'm good. This finally breaks him. He's like finally given up. <laughs> like, how and do you come back? I'm glad. <laughs> so Genevieve stalks away while he stares into the distance, being like, I can't believe I spent all this time pursuing someone who would say that to me. He's like, Our expectations just don't align. She's not the person for me. I, again, it's just so unnecessary to be so rude. And to treat it as this personal failing on Justin's part, when it's sufficient to just be like, we're mismatched in this way. You, right. He can be like, great I in a relationship with someone else. So other people need different, different physical dynamics between each other. Well, like, exactly. Like, she's allowed to have felt like, you know, not wanted or pursued or that she wasn't getting enough affection and therefore they're not a good match. But it's not, yeah, it's not a personal failing. It's not like, oh, if he was just better, then he would have done exactly what I need him to do. Like, that's not how human beings work in relationships. Yeah. Like, people bring different things to the table, and sometimes they work together, and sometimes they don't. Like, yeah. The end. It just, it didn't work. And she is determined to turn that into a personal failing on Justin's part and something that she is very grieved about. And... It's uh, it's a choice. I I think that people talked a lot on the last season of The Bachelorette about Rachel, like, finding reasons to be mad at her suitors in order to dump them. And, like, this to me is epitomizes that dynamic. She just really wants it to be Justin's character flaw and fault that this is over. And she doesn't have to feel bad at all about trying to exact perfect loyalty from him and then immediately dumping him for someone else. Which, like, right. she doesn't really have to feel that bad about because that's how the game works. 
and that's how those dynamics shift. But you can be a little kinder about it if you are honest with yourself about what's really happening. And instead, she's like, I'm going to go all out emotional warfare, make him feel like a monster. (laughs) And Justin is like, well, here we are. There are so many women, so many men, not enough women. I I'm not the kind of guy to go rose hunting. So here we are. Genevieve, meanwhile, goes to just dish with her new best friend, Shanae. (laughs) Incredible pivot. (laughs) Oh my God. These two have become the more time the more time they spend hanging out, the more I'm like, oh, they're really similar. And that maybe is why they became nemeses on Clayton season because their similarities they're too much alike they were t- so alike they're in direct competition I think that Genevieve can come off as quite um reserved and um you know like she's actually just a sweet quiet girl but she has been in so many unnecessary like high emotional register arguments already that I'm starting to think maybe she is a factor here But Genevieve and Shanae are connecting because they both are feeling like they got something from the people they went on their double date with more than their original partners. Although I will say that Shanae is is more torn than Genevieve was. Genevieve was looking for a reason to dump Justin. Shanae, I think, is still into Logan, but just like he's not really doing enough to pursue me. And I kind of want him to be doing more. It is always absolutely hilarious to me when someone comes in fresh and they really need a rose and a connection. So they go hard courting, courting someone on the beach. And then the person who's being courted is like, oh, wow, they're really all about me. And they're really into me. And that's what I'm looking for. And I'm like, they need your rose like this. (laughs) Like maybe they are really into you, but consider the situation. Right. She's like, he's all about me and it's sexy and a turn on. He's all in on one afternoon. He really wants me. Maybe. But there are some other dynamics at play. But she's like, you know, I did like Logan. Maybe he just needs a fire under his ass. So she goes and talks to him on a day bed. And here's how she opens that conversation. Major Genevieve vibes here. What is going on? Zero effort. What about like, hey, Logan, (laughs) we haven't really chatted much since our amazing romantic date. Logan also makes the good point that he's like, you're the one who went on another date and you haven't communicated with me how that went. So like I was kind of waiting. Yeah. For you to let me know if you're still interested in me. Like I'm the one who didn't go on a date with someone else. Yeah, he's like, I've been in the dark about how that date went. I've been kind of unsure what's happening. Like, I I get, he's like, okay, I get it. You want me to make you feel special and missed. I totally get that. And she's like, no, I want you to feel that. And if you don't, that's fine. But like, this isn't what I need. He tries to explain about how he he feels like she's the one with options and and he's the one kind of waiting for her decision in a sense. And she's like, I don't want to hear this. I want effort. 
And he says, well, honestly, though, how would you feel in my position after the date yesterday? And she's like, this is going in circles. I, honestly, yeah, I don't want to talk anymore. Bye. Oh, rough, rough interaction for Logan. I truly don't know how she wanted that interaction to go, because then if he's like, I see what you're saying, I should be doing more to to show how I feel. She's like, well, don't do it if you don't want to. And if he's like, well, have you considered my position? She's like, no, I can't hear about that. So there isn't much for him to say as part of this conversation. Just two very, very messy in- interactions. And because not enough drama is happening, we need a new storyline. It's also an old storyline. A vintage storyline. <laughs> Ashley and Jared, the oldest storyline on the beach. They find a date card. Honestly, everyone needs a date on this beach more than Ashley and Jared. They are already on a tropical getaway together. They're basically on a it's date. It's one long date. They have zero responsibilities. They're just hanging out in paradise. If someone else is taking care of my child and neither of us have work to do, to me, that's a date. Like, that is the the, the very most I expect at this point in my life with the baby. They now also need a date card, I guess. Uh, I, I I got an... I was like, I don't even want to waste note space on this. The, the It they, doesn't they, matter. They're going on I'm their ATV say, date all over again or whatever. Ashley's peeing for some reason and refusing to pee actually in the ocean. She insists on peeing on the beach where people are going to step their feet. It, it's weird. Yeah. She's I don't like, care. the tide sweeps it up. I did agree with Jared on this one. But you know what? I don't think we need to really talk about this because no. nothing of consequence happened. They just, they go on this getaway to the beach where they originally went ATVing together on their first paradise date. And then they return. And once again, we're all wondering, are they going to boom, boom in the boom, boom room? And they're not. They're like, we're going to do it, guys. Everyone, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Jared scatters rose petals and lights candles. Ashley's like, it's time for mom and dad to go to bed. She goes into the boom, boom room. Jared is asleep in bed. No candles or rose petals in evidence, weirdly. It's almost like those were staged at completely different times. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back to talk about some of the couples who aren't Ashley and Jared. Can you keep up? I like If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and 
what it goes with. This is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection. And it was so good. And it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, 
looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back, and it is time to talk about one of our really solid couples that are about to just completely fall apart with very little conflict or drama whatsoever. So Sierra and Michael have been a solid couple for like 72 hours. It's looking really serious. Victoria and Lace are teasing Sierra that she's going to be getting engaged. And Sierra's like, yeah, like I, that excites me. Like James, of course, would have to be part of it. But like... I think I'm ready for that. I want kids. Like, I'm ready for this part of my life. And she and Michael seem to have this understanding that, like, they're focused on each other. But that seems to be mostly coming from her. Like, she's saying to him, like, you know, I know that you're what I want. And and he's like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I think that he is into her. But obviously, things move really, really quickly. And I think that, understandably... Michael is also thinking about like further implications of this. Like this, this is a 27 year old that he's hanging out with on the beach. Like he's not at a point where he's like, yes, you're going to like be my child's stepmother. I really felt for both of them. So he sits with Wells and is like, I'm conflicted. Basically he says like, I was so like Sierra's incredible. I'm there's a reason I've been so drawn to her. And, but it's early, it's early. And like, unfortunately he's like, we've had these really intense conversations that have created this feeling of intimacy. Yeah. But also we're not in a place where I can just like commit to a long-term relationship with her. Yeah. He's like, we've had these intense conversations about having family, a family together, about her being part of that. But now she's really talking about it like it's happening. And that's it. We're not there yet. So now he's he's at this awkward place where he's pushed these really intimate, deep conversations. And now he has to pump the brakes hard because she has read maybe more into that than he is prepared for. It's a tough situation. I I really felt for felt for both of them. And Wells is like, well, miracles happen here. And I was like, what's the miracle going to be? That Michael wakes up and he's like, I'm ready to marry Sierra. Or that Sierra's like, you know what, Michael, I'm sensing that you need me to chill out a little bit. And I'm just going to do that. Like, what's the miracle? Unclear. <sighs> so Michael decides that he needs to talk to Sierra. And unfortunately, before he can dump her, Sierra has prepared maybe the most romantic little mini date for him that I've ever seen on this show. Oh my God. She is so beautiful. She has set up a telescope by one of the beds, the day beds for them to look at a tiny constellation of three stars. And she tells him that she got those stars for him, Laura and James, so that they could always be together. And so wherever he was in the world, he would always be able to see those stars and find them on the find their coordinates and 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 feel that Laura and James were with him. I was oh, crying. Ro- at this so point. I know this was so beautiful. And also I was like, this is just mean of production to I be know. like 
we'll purchase these stars and you can give them to Michael and it's going to be so great for you. What a beautiful bonding moment. So you can move your relationship forward. And Michael's like, yeah. Hmm. Michael's like, and he, oh, wow. He this clearly is, is the most thoughtful thing I've ever, you're the most thoughtful person I've ever experienced meeting. We have such a good time together. So um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this has been going way too fast and I think we should just be friends. We have a clip of a bit of this conversation. I feel like there's like, I can't put my finger on it. I think there's something missing mm -hmm. with us. I know you can feel me like being guarded. And I don't mean to do that. I really don't. I know what that conversation's about. He'll tell you, I'm sure, but basically, uh, Mike feels as if uh, Sierra's coming on a little strong. He's like, this is moving kind of fast for me. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way back to happiness. And the thing that scares me the most is that I'm using people that I actually care about to help me get there. And I'm hurting them along the way. That last line really like hit me. You, you can see the self-awareness that he has. And it's like he can sense that he has gotten himself into a situation in which like he is going to hurt someone that is genuinely wonderful and that he clearly genuinely has respect for. And the thing that's hard about that is like once you have that realization, in some ways that damage has kind of already been done, right? Like the intimacy has already gotten to a certain place. And I think that he made the right call in being honest and kind of just ending the relationship here. But I really, I really felt for Sierra in this moment. And she, she took it like an absolute champ. Oh my God. And she I, really did. She's also like radiant. She looks stunning. She has her body glitter on. And she's just like a sparkling, beautiful star. And she has just laid it all out there for Michael. Basically being like, not only do I, you know, accept and understand your, your first love. I want to honor it as part of our bond. I want to honor your son. And she got let down and she takes it like such a champ she's she says if that's what you need and he says it is and they hug and she sort of gathers herself heads back to the bar tells everyone she's going home and says goodbye to everyone she's like he wants to be friends i don't want to date anyone else i don't want to see him date anyone else so i'm just gonna go and he follows her and hugs her and puts her in the car and she cries and is like, I just need to go home to my family because I, I can't be here while he keeps dating. And like, I was kind of stunned by how well she was able to keep herself together. And also just like, I was glad for her sake that she's like, I'm not going to put myself in the position to be emotionally tortured because that is what's going to happen. And I was like, wow, yeah. good on you for realizing that and just being like, okay, this is the person I wanted to date. It's not going to work out. Like, I need space That is, if that's going to be the yeah. situation. I think she recognizes also that the stakes are different for someone who is, I'm sorry, Michael is deeply beloved of Bachelor Nation. She doesn't yeah. want to be his bitter ex. He has a child. Like, the stakes are just different in this scenario. So yeah. it's almost unfair in a way for Michael to be here because for him to get involved in any sort of, like, 
thorny love triangle drama or like bitter ex drama is only going to look terrible for the other person because he is so fiercely protected by Beth. And she's like, I'm just removing myself. I'm not going to be here for this. Yeah. I also think she genuinely wasn't really interested in anyone else. She wasn't like excited for someone else to come. So, you know, I get it. She also like in the car, she cries and she says, you know, this is how you support someone that you care about. You respect what they need. And I was like, Sierra, you're a queen. You deserve that same consideration and love and respect. And like, I really, I trust that she will find it. And I want that for her. Yeah. So after she leaves, uh, everyone, (laughs) she said goodbye to a bunch of people at the bar. Jill finds out after Sierra's already left and she is like, oh my God, paradise is built different. I called the police. They're on their way, actually, because I've reported a murder of the vibe. That was a good line. Good job, Jill. (laughs) Jill came so prepared to be a color commentator on this season, and I love it for her. She's getting so much more interesting screen time this season, and I know that she was ready for this moment. The men are really melting down at this point because there are so many single dudes and very few single women, very few roses. Women just are self-eliminating left and right. And a date card arrives for Brandon, someone who is already guaranteed a rose. I mean, this is the thing. They want to give the date cards to the steady couples so that we do get a chance to know anything about them as a couple, even though they're never which in I any do, drama. Which I am glad about. But it I does did. seem like the second date card in a row that isn't really necessary. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know, man. Brandon and Serene seem to be just going on dates with themselves constantly. The I mean, sure, give one to Brandon and Serene, but then don't make us watch Ashley, I, and Jared go on a date. So obviously, Brandon asked Serene. They walk off hand in hand. Serene's butt is covered by a black box. Bikini bottoms these days are too small for network TV. It's driving me nuts. Every woman's ass is getting black box. Constantly either a sarong, cut off shorts, or a black box. They don't make full coverage bottoms anymore, I guess. Brandon and Serene get dolled up for their date. It's going to be a dinner date. He's got a little silky shirt on, sparkly chains. Serene in a little red dress with her hair up and big sparkly earrings. Brandon sees her and he starts to weep. It's like he's standing at the end of the aisle and his bride is walking toward him. I have never seen anything like this. Like Brandon is such a sweet, sensitive, little romantic. He's like, you're my date. Like he's so overcome by her beauty and how lucky he is that he is literally weeping. Meanwhile, everyone else is watching just like, ill with jealousy yeah like i can't like like, i'm so happy for them and how they found everything that i want ever that's really nice for them (sighs) they and serene leave for their date which is just it's a classic dinner in a pool of water it's a classic bip date it's like we're having dinner but our feet are in water Like the don't table is just in water kind of like wrinkly i don't know i feel that like if you're just I don't know. This is weird. I was thinking a lot about it. I was like, is this pleasurable? Is this like actually that cool? If it's a really hot night, it might be nice to just keep your temperature down throughout. That's true. You know what? That's a very good point. Um, So yeah, I I wrote, this is such a paradise thing that I have never seen literally anywhere else. Dinner in four inches of water. (laughs) And Brandon 
toast to finding something unexpected, which I think it was something very expected. It kind of seems like they both had it very much in mind coming in. Um, But it's still gone as well as one could have hoped. And he tells her about how the day before he had thought she was going to get asked on a date. And he just was so sad to think about a day where he didn't see her pretty face or hold her. And then he tells her, you're the biggest, most beautiful blessing. And I don't know what I do without you. I'm crazy about you. And she's like, wow. Brandon's like, you're just, you're so gorgeous. You're just as gorgeous and just as dorky as I am. And I'm falling in love with you. And she says, I'm falling in love too. And they kiss. She tells him that she loves how he always does little things like grabbing her lunch when he grabs himself lunch. And then they just have a little lunch date. And she's like, you make me feel like I'm deserving of all the things I want. In her in the moment, I think we have a clip of her discussing how it felt to see him walk toward her across the beach. Literally how he looked at me today when I was walking towards him. I've like never seen that look in someone's eyes before. I never have. And so like, I'm just like really thankful and excited and like, I'm just, like, really happy. It's one of the best nights I've ever had. Like, I will remember tonight forever. Honestly, I mean, these two engagements I, in the bag. I have never seen a look in someone's eyes like that before same. either. And I've watched a lot of this same, show. I was thinking the same thing. I was also like, no, I have not personally experienced that either. I mean, who has? I, I also... As I was watching Brandon throughout this episode, I was like, I love this for them so much. They're so happy. If I were in a relationship where my partner was like Brandon, I would be so uncomfortable all the time. Oh, yeah. It would not work for me. To like, have they, that much like perfect. over the top romantic attention focus to me makes me so self-conscious. But oh, yeah. It's, no, this would not work for, for everyone. But yeah. I think it is it is exactly right for the two of them. And uh, I love that. And with that, I think it's time. For us to move on to night two. Episode five. (sighs) Week. It's week three. It's night two. It's episode five. The math isn't mathing. As Justin says at one point, (laughs) we're down to just seven women. There are like 27 guys. It's hard to see where all these, like we got a lot of heavy hitters who are rose free right now. Justin, Michael, Logan, like people who I expect to make deep runs where are their roses going to come from? It's kind of unclear right now. Michael is feeling rather chipper after his rough breakup with Sierra. He's like, yep, Sierra's gone, but I'm going to see this thing through. The journey continues. <laughs> and thankfully uh. for the guys, here comes Sally, who should never have come, but she's oh here. Oh, my God. I actually Poor think Sally. this is still the night. It's still nighttime. She comes down in, like, pitch darkness. Yes, it is. It is still nighttime. And Sally's like chipper. She's just been in air conditioning. She's really just like missed three flights and has committed to paradise. And she's like walking in feeling good. Yeah. This good feeling lasts for about I'm gonna 30 say, seconds. I'm going to say quarter of an hour to be generous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like 15 minutes of good vibes and that's it. So she explains to Jesse Palmer that she wasn't there for the first day on the beach like she was supposed to be because she had to take care of some things with work. 
And her bags arrived because she literally made the decision at the gate. Okay. For a work situation, like, this does not quite add up to me. I listened to um, Reality Steve's report about what he had heard, about what actually happened. And apparently Sally, like, her job is that she, like, operates a robot, Mm -hmm. a surgical robot for spinal surgeries. Yeah. And the person that was supposed to be filling in for her that day that she went um, apparently didn't, like, somehow didn't have the qualifications that they needed. They needed to be supervised. Oh, okay. And she got that call while she was at the gate. And she was like, I can come tomorrow, but I just, like, I literally, like, have to go. Right. Assist in this in this surgery. Right. It was like so like, she well, did that have actually she does had a backup, sense. but it fell through last minute. Yeah. Okay. And she also did go Three to times. her ex's house, <laughs> but it was a 10 minute conversation. And what she was discussing with her at like they have a business relationship, I guess. And um I mean he works at the hospital. Yeah. He works at the like hospital. He... And so it was some sort of like ske- like apparently they were like talking about scheduling as well. Like that she if she was gonna leave, she needed to make sure that she like had coverage. Who knows? I'm sure it's somewhere probably in between, but like at least that first flight missing, I'm like that actually does make sense why she would like back out at the gate. Yeah. If- there was some sort of like emergency. I do think that if you've had three work emergencies in a row where you have to miss three flights in a row for work-related reasons, you might just want to not come at all because okay, that does not so, seem like a stable work situation. No, I think I think what happened is that the first one she didn't make for a real reason. And then she was kind of waffling about whether to go. Apparently... She was told by the airline that, like, if her bags, she had two suitcases, if her bags were just left on the runway or, like, on the baggage claim, they would be sent back to her automatically. And a producer Uh, took one of them. them. So then her one bag was, like, stuck in Mexico. And she was part of the reason she ended up going is because she was like, I literally have to retrieve my bag. They were holding, they were like holding my bag hostage. This is dark, man. This, this also she has a male. Dark she has a male roommate, which is the man who Wells was talking about that like answered the door at her house. Impossible. She has I a platonic male roommate. Yeah. So this is all making a little more sense to me. I do think it was a mistake for Sally to come. I think she had a feeling that it was going to be a mistake. Yeah. But uh, she was waffling more so much to me than yeah. people backing out of the show at the last minute because they're like, maybe this could ruin my life. Uh, so she Ugh. she explains it th- because it seems sounds messy. I guess it makes sense that it doesn't quite add up in a quick little soundbite on the beach. It's like I I missed my flight four times because of work, but she's here. She's like I'm ready this time. So happy to be here. She arrives on the beach, sending shock waves throughout all the women. And Genevieve is like, if you go on a date with Sally, I'll kill you. <gasps> Genevieve hates Sally, and I really <sighs> can't figure out why. I'm like, is it just because of the Justin thing that is like it should be irrelevant to you because like it's over and you like Aaron better? Whatever. Justin is suddenly hopeful. They he did meet Sally at stagecoach. They did kiss, but he's like, we haven't seen each other since. But she's she's cool. Like, glad she's here. Maybe an option for me. Sally sits with Shanae and Genevieve. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to make a beeline right for the two biggest 
gossips and producer tools of the beach, I guess. And she's like, some work stuff came up. That's why I missed three flights. My job comes first. Genevieve is like, I'm sure this is a lie because of what Wells said. And I'm like, why do you trust Wells? Do you trust your producers like, too? Clearly, yeah. <laughs> Are you like, new it- here? <laughs> Like, Wells told you that she locked a woman in a trunk for four hours. Yeah, she would be in jail. And that that bag was hers with a vibrator in it. Like, hmm. Yeah. Let's let's just think. So Justin comes up and whisks Sally away to warn her that nothing is as it seems and this place is hell. He tells her she's been through the ringer. And she's like, I like it here. And he's like, you've been here for 10 minutes. So just wait. (laughs) She waits five Genevieve, more minutes and everything does indeed go to hell for her. <laughs> Genevieve and Shanae have like joined dark forces and they are just whipping up the beach into an anti-Sally frenzy. Yeah. They're just, they're now like convinced that she's some horrible person who's just full of lies. Like I don't, I didn't Watching even really understand. Watching their friendship evolve has been so unsettling. It's like, one day they're on a date together and then the next day they're like, I'm sorry I said you were wearing a diaper at Women Tell All. That was really mean of me. Like, let's be friends. And then the next day, they, it's like they've realized that now that they're friends, they can join together to magnify the power when they direct that kind of venom at other women. And it's terrifying. So <laughs> this is this whole thing was so bad genevieve is like she just lies justin has no idea who she is she's already lying to us after five minutes shanae is like she's stealing a swap from someone who really wants to be there like she like photoshopped herself into a water polo photo to get into harvard or something (laughs) i'm like what are you talking about stealing what spot like what is this talking about is bip just like a charity for hard on their luck but deserving (laughs) reality stars or is it produced without regard to merit or character in order to create a dramatic show for us to watch. They're d- definitely, they're they're stealing a bit from the Brendan and Piper verbiage. It's like, they shouldn't be there. They're stealing a spot. From whom? In what way? So they corner her by the bar. They're like, we have some questions for you. Genevieve asks if Sally was with her ex before coming, and Sally's like, I work with him. And they're like, but did you go to his house? And Sally says, I felt like I needed a conversation with him out of respect for him. Which I'm like, that does sound like a yes to me. Which yes. is sure. It is a yes. You can go to your ex's house. Like that doesn't Yeah, mean I mean, can't. I was like, that seems actually reasonable, frankly. <laughs> and Genevieve is so disgusted by this that she like physically turns her whole body away from Sally. And Sally's like, all right, and leaves. Yeah, then it turns into that they're convinced that he's not actually her ex. She went to his house. They can't be broken up and be in the same house, even for an hour. They're still together. (sighs) And so Sally circles back, ready to nip this in the bud. She's like, look out, get the cameras. I'm pissed off. They, like, let us see the cameras circling they're almost mocking her for right. being like, oh, you oh, you think you understand how this shit works? Like, you're new. Like, we all yeah. know how this works. They're like, yeah, the cameras are always here, Sally. And she, I'm like, she's just making a 
She's just frustrated. She's calling attention to the fact that everything is being produced. Yeah. For Which, the benefit of the cameras. And that, you know, she is like, I'm going to to take control of that situation. She's like, now. okay, want I'll give you what you fucking want. And we have a clip of what Sally says. I had to I I, I feel like there's so many people here for like no, I, no, I get it. But there are a lot of people here that are also here for the wrong reasons. They just don't say it. They don't say it. I've been told a lot of things about other people that I would never breathe a word on this beach because I, I am true to myself. And I'm never going to throw someone else. Even if they have dirt, I don't care about your dirt. I'm here for me. I'm here for my business. I'm not here to throw anyone else under. And I'm here to talk about y'all because everyone has that they don't want to talk about. And this is exactly why I did not get on three flights. I mean, I mean, she's correct. No lies detected. <laughs> I you can't trust anyone here. Everyone has dirt. A lot of people are here for the wrong reasons. And people are no, there for all sorts it. of different reasons. Yeah. And also, yeah, every person does have boundaries and things that they don't want to discuss on national television. Like, yeah, that's fair. And that's not unique to Sally. Romeo sees that she's upset and he's like, he's like now's oh, my moment. No, a rose walking off the beach. Definitely not. <laughs> so he tries to go after her, but it's too late. She's crying. She's decided to leave. She does talk a little bit with Justin and she tells him what happened. She's like, they brought up my ex. And the one thing I wanted was for him and his name to not be brought into this out of respect for him. And so I have to leave. I'm too real for this. She clearly realizes that she has been kind of set up and that information that she had expressly told production she didn't want to be used was being like intentionally circulated to all of the other castmates. Right. She's like, the one thing that I was concerned about was that my ex would get brought into this and that's right. not something he wanted and I don't want to do that to him. And so you've just been here telling stories about my ex and trying to get people to use that on camera. <laughs> Why am I here again? Yeah. Like, honestly, I was like, good for fucking her. Like, she was, she was right. She's yeah. right. Yeah. They set her up. I think production was quite cruel to her. Yeah. Like, it's it's gross. And it frankly, I think it was gross of Genevieve and Shanae to, like, play into it. Yeah. I was really not impressed by that. I mean, and I think that it's interesting that they, that they tried this play because there was so much conversation after Brendan and Piper last year about whether production had gone too far and and whether the cast had gone too far in trying to kick them off the beach. Same with Alana and Chris. Um, and so I think that people were definitely going into this much more prime to be like, what is production doing to this person who is being smeared yeah. and, and drummed off the beach by other cast? And they still went for it. And, and I think it was quite transparent what was happening. Um. And so Sally gets in an SUV and leaves, and apparently she lasted about an hour. Genevieve is like, Sally's suitcase lasted a lot longer than she did. It's actually still here. It leaves the next morning, courtesy of Polly, and, and, and its own personal 
van into which it is safely I mean, it's the vaulted. least they could do for, Seriously. for that fake suitcase. That fake suitcase that if there are any real possessions of hers in there, I would imagine she would be ritually burning them at this point. If I got that suitcase back, I would be like, I don't want it anymore at this point. After you like stuffed it full of waffle irons and vibrators and used it to make a mockery of me. So now most of the guys are preparing to leave. They, they tried to bring in a new woman. It didn't even take. They're kind of screwed. And most of the women are coupled up now. Even Lace is still going strong with Rodney and Jill with Jacob, which we'll get they into that more later. Making a connection, apparently. The men are like, okay, we just need another woman to come down to the beach. Yeah. So therefore, Pizza Peter arrives. Everyone is like, ah, Peter, hi, <laughs> you're here. Casey, Casey clearly hates Peter so much. And frankly, I, I just loved to see it. He's like, I couldn't be more excited to not be excited. He gives us a very low energy, buongiorno. And Ugh. his date card says, grab a slice of love. So this reminds me, actually, Peter... Um, I recently read a, a pretty bad romance novel because um, I was it was I was bored and I bought it on Amazon and I read it and <laughs> you don't need to justify you know yourself. what it wasn't my best decision and <laughs> the heroine's character quirk is that she loves pizza and it like slowly as the book goes on it becomes sort of unintentionally comical like. At, at almost every scene, she's, like, ordering a steaming pie or, like, her love interest is, like, I just ordered pizza or she's just, like, casually eating a slice of pizza, like, at her desk. And by the end, I was, like, is it enough? Is that enough to just only eat pizza? Like, that's your character and your personality is just steaming slice of pizza. That's it. And that's Peter. He's a real person, who, not a bad character written by a romance novelist. And he genuinely does have only pizza as a personality. I don't think it's going to be a romantic narrative for him, though, because in real life, people want you to have more traits. Yeah, he truly seems like the most grating person. He's wearing a mint green set with white palm trees on it. So much jewelry, which he does detail um, for Shanae. And for Victoria, who he grabs first, he gives a full history of his pizza chain and tells her that he's a pizzapreneur. You can tell that Victoria is just really good at humoring people. She's yeah. like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then cut to her being like, he just start t- started talking about pizza. That was awful. <laughs> Brittany brings up for the pizza. For some reason. She, for some reason, she is open to Peter. She must, she must be not really have, bored. She must not have watched his season because you can tell all the women who watched his season when he comes in are like, oh no. And Brittany's like, he's cute. I like his eyes. He seems nice. <laughs> and I'm like, Brittany did not do her homework. She's like, I don't know anything about him. Obvi- that's and obvious. That's why, that's, clear. that's why she says yes to this date. <laughs> Casey's like, I'm playing the date of Brittany and Peter in my head. If they leave here together, I'll be shocked. Imagine Peter going on a good date. I mean, he must. I truly can't. He says, I mean, apparently he likes to brag. He's just out here banging everyone in Florida. I'm like, yeah, you didn't need to didn't need to come. 
But he did. He needed to to promote his pizza and to find his pizza queen here on the beach. So they head out to their date, which is a yacht date. They get on a nice boat and share some champagne and then they jump in the water and swim around. He starts the date by telling her that he changes lives one slice at a time. He's already said this like twice this episode. I think they're just he three just sentences rotates. in his head. That, there are like three sentences and like four catchphrases that he just like cycles through. It's like one of those dolls where you like press the button or you pull the string and they say one of their four sentences. That's exactly. Peter. And this really gives the editors a lot to work with because back on the beach, Casey is discussing his extremely accurate predictions <laughs> of how this date is going to go with Romeo and Michael A. The chances that Peter is talking about pizza on this date are one out of one. <laughs> you know, let me tell you about pizza, right? Pizza's loyal. If he's not overtly saying how good his, his pizza business is, it's going to be like, yeah. isn't this a great slice of life? I'd choose margarita over everything. Yeah. It's just clean. It's... It's light, it's refreshing. They'll be like, rest in pizza. This, you know, this is the, get ready for the slice of your life. His entire vocabulary is rooted in, (laughs) (laughs) He's not so good at the love side of things, but we gotta wait and see. I'll have my popcorn ready. So we do get a wonderful snippet of of their conversation, uh, Brittany and Peter's conversation while they're swimming around in the ocean. The audio quality is obviously terrible because they're being buffeted by waves. But according to subtitles, it goes something like this. Would you like to take the part of Peter or Brittany? Um, I'll, I'll, I can be Peter. You're up. So what's the first thing you noticed about me? Uh, you have blue-green eyes. And I was looking at them like, oh my gosh, they were like an aquamarine, especially in the sun like that. In school, I actually won best eyes. You did. No way. So like what else? Just my eyes? And your smile. Okay. What do you want me to say? <laughs> that is a conversation that is going super well. You are grilling your date on what quality she was drawn to first. And then she ends the conversation by saying, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Also, he's like, one quality is not enough. List all the things. Two is not enough. Like, this is just the most bizarre. He's so awful. He's so awful. In her in the moment, Brittany is like, I've never been on a date before where it seems like they're more interested in themselves. To which I'm like, you must not be dating a ton of straight men. But (laughs) he is an extreme example. She's like, this yacht is gorgeous. I like, I can't complain drinking champagne on a yacht, but it really makes you realize that it more is about who you're with. (laughs) You're like, yeah, even a great setting can be made miserable if your only company is this fucking guy. I I love that she is finally having this realization in like her mid 20s. She's like, I know who you're with. Hmm. That matters. It's not just about the setting that you're in with any interchangeable person. Back on the boat, Peter is like, so while we're speaking about pizza, I'm like, <laughs> were they? What? I'm sure they were. Were you? I'm sure they were because you were literally speaking of pizza. And he just starts like telling the story of his business acumen and yeah, his entrepreneurship. He's and like, then pivots to like, my friends and I just like rent yachts all the time and I own a new jet ski. It's and brand new. I'm amazing. 
He's like, my biggest phobia in life is not living my life. <laughs> that, I died. I died. He's like, my biggest phobia in life is like, not living life. I feel like he's just using phobia and fear interchangeably, but they're like slightly different. Like, I don't know how you have like a <laughs> phobia of not living your life to the fullest. You can say like, my greatest fear is that I I will not really use my life, but it's not like a phobia. Thinking like peach skins can be a phobia. You, you know, think spiders. this man spends a lot of time trying to be accurate with his words? <laughs> when it's about pizza, you know, he's he has high standards. If there's pineapple anywhere near that pizza, he's going to be sick all day. Exactly. Brittany's like, he's just bragging. I hate this. But he does finally try to compliment her. He's like, you're a bright, glittery mermaid. And then he's like, you know what? I have something for you that I think will make your day so much better and leans in to kiss her and she does the epic swerve again yeah. Brittany's just out here like swerving everyone Brittany knows how to get out of a kiss she doesn't want to have and that's an important skill. jerk your head to I the love left. that for her me too she says sorry I'm really slow with that stuff she says she hasn't kissed anyone yet and she's like, you know, he's a good person. He's just not my person. And I can't wait to get back. I want to say, why is everyone so sure he's a good person? I'm not I'm that gonna sure. I'm going to say from everything that I have heard about this man, he's not a good person. And I also think that that is a thing people say when they're like trying to couch how they really feel yeah. about someone with something nice. Like none of them, like even Casey, like they don't want to be too yeah. mean. So they're all like, I'm sure he's a great person. I just personally think he sucks for these reasons. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure he's a good person. And yeah, I think he might just suck and be a bad person. So It's entirely possible. I certainly don't think that Brittany has the information yet to know whether he's a good person. Everything she knows about him so far is unflattering, except that he has beautiful eyes that look like aquamarine in the sun. Um, but she, yeah, she just doesn't, she wants to couch it. So back at the beach... Peter and Brittany return from their date and all the women are immediately like, how bad was it? Was that terrible? Did you have the worst time? And Brittany's just trying not to like, she's just like, mm, uh, I just want to like wait until he's not here. Ha ha ha. They're like, okay, so it was terrible. She goes off to a day bed with Victoria, Ashley, I and Lace and she tells them it was so uncomfortable. I can't remember half the shit he said, but like he wasn't reading the room. He kept like touching my arm and my leg and he's just like the opposite of what I want in a person. This is intercut with Peter just having a very different read. Not completely <laughs> different read, not completely opposite. Like he clearly sensed that she wasn't into it, but he can't take any responsibility in this. He's like I did everything amazing. The vibes are right. The moments were there. Everything was set up, but she swerved me. And Casey and Roma, you can just tell that Casey is like doing the wise thing, which is giving, giving Peter enough rope to hang himself with. Yeah. He just is like, yes, keep, keep giving me your thoughts, Peter. And I think we have a clip of what Peter ultimately concludes about why things didn't go well on this date. I do honestly feel like in my gut that her intentions of being here are not to find a genuine connection. I think that she has an ulterior motive. 
Uh, when you say ulterior motives, like what, what, where's your head at? Where we live in Fort Lauderdale in Miami, we see a lot of like the Instagram models and like the clout chasing and all that stuff. Are that you like too. implying that she's just kind of like a insincere Instagram model type? Like filling in guys. He kept like going like this the whole time. Oh God, like, no. Guy. And I was like, um. Do I not have a following enough for you that this could be like some clout? that you can get afterwards. So you are convinced that that's the thing? I'm convinced, bro. Okay. I did everything on point. I was witty, I was smart, I was funny. I was charming. I was humble. There were so many different things of him like just bragging and talking about himself the whole time. If I was at home and I took a girl out and we spent all day in a yacht together, okay, I promise you we would be hooking up. So like now, my Gut feeling has to tell me, was it all an act? Ah, I really... He's so awful. Hearing that again makes me even more freaked out. But Because first of all, it sounds like it's kind of not an option for a girl to not hook up with you after she's gone yeah. on a date with well, you. Exactly. And it really he's, should be an option. He's basically like, well, if I did some things for her then she's obligated to, like, have sex with me. That's that's what I'm hearing right. in that. And that is extremely disturbing. Also, while she is absolutely not obligated, it is a very different situation in the sense that, like, a, a woman might actually be sort of impressed and flattered that you got a yacht for your date. But you didn't get this yacht, did you? Production got the yacht. Like, you're trying to take credit for this lavish date that you took her on, but you didn't. Production set this date up. So there isn't even that factor where a woman might really be like impressed or or won over by you setting this up for her. Brittany barely knows you. Like it's just a, not a comparable situation. But it you should always anticipate conceive. the possibility that a woman won't want to hook up with you after a date. No, he he can't conceive of like a woman not being into him. He's like, but I did all the things, so yeah. therefore. She must be into me. It's like I was humble. No. <laughs> I was witty. I was so humble that I spoke for 10 straight minutes about my brand new jet ski. There's nothing uh, more humble than being so convinced of your own desirability that you can't conceive of a woman being uninterested in you for any reason other than insincere clout chasing behavior on her part. She went on the date with you. So, like, clearly your Instagram following did not stand in the way of her saying yes to this date. Right. Did, did he, like, confess his deep, dark secret that he doesn't have a million followers on Instagram on this date? Like, what is... I'm trying... I'm reading... I'm giving him too much credit here. A lot <sighs> of disturbing things were said by Peter in his five minutes of screen time on this episode. And I'm reminded all over again why I really loathed him. So thank exactly. you, Bachelor in Paradise. He tells the guys, he's like, I'm trying to stay calm, but I'm pissed. I'm like, you don't get to be pissed that Brittany did not want to hook up with you. That's gross. Like, she it's very does gross. not owe you a kiss. She doesn't owe you her interest. You lost it all on your own. And you don't get to be mad at her. But apparently, Andrew has developed some feelings for Brittany. You know, they both just aren't having great luck on the beach. And maybe they could just help each other out, basically. Maybe maybe there's a connection to be had there. And 
it seems like maybe there is. Like they sit and talk and Brittany's like, you know, I was actually thinking about you during the date. You're the only person here who I can really talk to, whose energy I really enjoy. So I guess, again, very confused about what happened, if anything, between her and Casey. Yeah. We just, we just are never shown it. And Andrew is like, well, you never speak to me. So I thought you didn't like me. Yeah, he makes a reference to them meeting before at events, which is a reminder that a lot of these people do meet up and mingle before the beach. And then, you know, in this case, they hadn't developed any sort of real relationship, uh, even on a platonic level. And they're like, well, here we are now. And he says, I wish we had talked before so we could skip some of the restart process, which is also a fascinating window into the mindset of a lot of the current generation of Bachelor in Paradise contestants, which is like, we got to set up a lot of fully fledged relationships to come in and, and juggle. And that isn't really a recipe for a great show that makes sense to people watching and it wasn't the original intention, but it's so easy for them to get to know each other off the show now. And it it just does tend to happen. It's clear that they all would rather have some existing established flirtations to choose from. But Brittany is like, listen, you're restarting. I've had to restart eight times. We can do this. I got you. She goes in for the kiss, tossing her wine glass into the sand. And she compares seeing Andrew to... A security blanket. She's like, all day I was really uncomfortable and seeing Andrew made me feel comfortable and safe. I think that Peter should be doing some real self-reflection about the fact that going on one daytime date with him makes women feel deeply uncomfortable. But he won't be doing any self-reflection. It's not in his nature. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to talk about Serene's birthday and some other paradise events can you keep up i like love it. this show is sponsored by better health emma what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day would it be sleep would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner would it be i don't know get some actual writing done yeah Ugh. read a book i mean my list is extremely long these days there Same. are not a lot of hours to spare and you know a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority yeah this is something that i am often working on with my therapist it helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly. 
truly have it all because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop off, you're making a lunch, you're like dealing with some need that your children have, or you're working. And Allo Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in. In those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up, and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. And we're back. And it's Serene's birthday. Everyone's having everyone's a birthday. Having, everyone's having a birthday. It's like, it's like an elementary school classroom in here. The birthdays just don't stop coming. Brandon wants to make her 27th birthday special because she told him that when she was little, people didn't show up to her birthday parties. And so he tells her, there are a lot of people here who love you. They want to make your birthday special. As he's saying this, you can see behind them just a horde of of Bachelor in Paradise singles advancing toward them like a zombie horde. It looks like all of their faces are just floating. It's like that. They're walking in unison out of the darkness. Um, But Brandon is just, he is fully in. He's like, I finally found the one person I want to spend my life with. Let's just skip forward. These two are getting engaged. He makes a speech in front of everyone about what a blessing she is and how he'll do everything, anything for her. It's very intense. Again, I was like, if this happened to me, I would be like, oh, and then I would send him a breakup text because I was They've so They've been together for like maximum eight days, I think, at this point. But yeah, they're in love. They're in I love, love that for them. I've said this before. It's like, it's like summer camp time. Every yeah. day feels like a year. Shanae, Logan, and James have been in this little love triangle, and it's time for Logan to do something to reestablish that it's even a triangle anymore, because clearly he can't just wait for Shanae to come tell him what their status is. She expects to see him make a bid, make a play. So he has set something up for her by the pool, candles, pillows, snorkel gear, and he takes her there, and he's like... There's treasure in the pool. I'm going to find it for you. So he dives down. He finds an empty champagne bottle. Inside is a beaded bracelet. He tells her that they're his lucky beads and he wants her to wear them for a while to see if they bring her luck. So it is a conditional gift, to be clear. (laughs) He's not like, they're yours now. And she's like, I'm so glad you've stepped up. It makes me happy. And She's like, now I know he really wants me, but that's hard because I'm more confused than ever. And she cries. I'm going to say, I I do think that Shanae is ultimately going to choose Logan over James. I can't. Okay. So we do have a quick update on Ashley I and Jared. The sex watch continues. They continue to just haunt the beach like the ghost of marriage future. They don't make it look very good, to be honest. They're like, it sucks and you just fart all the time and you never have sex. But they do. They They finally have sex. So good for them. Allegedly. 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 They hang up a no molestar sign. They cover the night vision camera. B-roll of nails being hammered. Light bulbs being screwed in, etc. It's very subtle. 
Then a car comes up seven minutes and 57 seconds later. They uncover the camera. And Jared's like, wouldn't it be funny if they put up a screen with a timer like seven minutes and 57 seconds later? Just out here. Producing. Just out here producing. You got to respect it. I just don't need to. I don't care. Okay. So moving on to Jacob and Jacob Jill. Jacob and Jill are our newest, hottest couple They've been building they a birthday-based connection like so many of our of our singles. Theirs are in August, so we won't see their birthday parties, but their birthdays are one day apart. So you know that they're they're a match. They they're literally right next to each other. Sometimes you just have to seize whatever connection you can find. A date card arrives and it's for Jacob. It says something about the full moon. And everyone is like, so it's going to be something with nudity because it's Jacob. (laughs) It is also a full moon, but why not double the full moon, right? Exactly. So he asks Jill. She throws herself into his arms. They run off the beach shrieking. People keep being like, oh, they're such a good match because they're both quirky. And to that, I say, no, Jill is quirky. Jacob is boring and can't read social cues. And that just does occasional weird shit. Also, I forget who says this, but someone's like, you know, Jill's quirky side really just like emerged because of Jacob. I'm like, excuse me. No, Jill had a great, quirky, delightful personality always. She did not need Jacob. But listen, Jill has decided to be into this romance and I and want I, her and to be I, look, happy, I want so. her to have fun. I okay. want her to have fun. So that's great. I'm glad she gets to go on a date. They seem they do seem to be having a good time together. And so they go on their date. Yeah, it's sort of just one of those spiritual ceremony type dates. Um they, <laughs> yeah, I was like I don't even know how to categorize this. <laughs> there are crystals. There's a tantric breathing exercise which allows Jacob to explain that he does a lot of breathing every day and that it lowers inflation. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. He's like, it's funny when you go underwater and can't breathe, you realize how valuable air really is. Some of us always know that, Jacob. I'm familiar with air being important. I breathe it like you also, every it lowers day. inflation. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I feel like that's the wrong word. That's what President Biden should be doing right now. He's out there, <laughs> you know, passing legislation, talking to the Fed. He should be doing a lot more breathing every day. <laughs> if we just were all led in a national tantric breathing moment, yeah. the economy would be thriving. I think the economy right now is really just a breathwork problem. It's not <laughs> economic at all. Uh, so she also leads them in some wolf howls at the moon. She has the massage oil into each other. And then they come to a part of the date that is nudity optional. I love that they include their discussion about whether they're comfortable being nude together and that they agree to do it. I wish that that was something we have more often on this show when often it seems like the nudity is sort of a surprise. Compulsory. <laughs> and compulsory. And so they come out in their black boxes only stand back to back and the woman uh leading the ceremony invites them to say what they most like about each other and jacob says oh gosh what i like most about jill i would have to say the buttocks (laughs) and she's like i like his arms because i feel safe you have to feel like if she had gone first it might not have been a physical quality 
<laughs> Maybe that's just, just me. When someone is like, what do you like most about your partner? I'm not thinking of a physical quality immediately. <laughs> I think she said, what part of Jill do you like most? So maybe he just heard that as like, you need to name a yeah, physical part. Yeah, maybe. I know. And he was like, obviously, it, I can't just say butt. It's the buttocks. Like each individual buttock. <laughs> to be proper. To be That's proper. That's quirky. Um, so then they had Later, a side-by-side simmer bath. Milky simmer bath. <laughs> I don't know. It looks relaxing. It's like They're the Cialis theming. tub situation. Jacob is like, you know, from Romeo and Juliet to Tarzan and Jelly Jane. So romantic. They kiss. And they return to the beach late at night in great spirits. And Jill's like, Jacob is a very handsome man, but the best thing about him is his heart. I thought it was his arms. Well, you know, (laughs) if we're talking on a scale of buttocks. (laughs) uh, So... Just as they're settling back into the beach, finally, Jill is happy, and in a couple, someone arrives to complicate the narrative, and that someone is Kira, who is back looking like she has been in air conditioning for a couple days, and, like, she has something to talk about, something with Jacob, maybe. I'm like, clearly production just started panicking. They were like, we, the math isn't mathing. Right. We need to get one of these extra dudes off the beach or we need Kira to come back. Like, we need to do something. So this is the thing. If you get eliminated, you can't just come back because you still are into one of the guys. So then this is all framed as like, Kira wanted to come back to get Jacob back and she's fucking up Jill's life. It's so crazy and desperate. First of all, they sent her back. They sent her back. You can't just come back unless they want you to come back for their own reasons. And second of all, I don't think she would have any reason to know that Jacob and Jill are a thing now. So it's treated like no. Jill is obviously in a state. She's like, of course, she had to come back and fuck my shit up again. It's like so unfair. It's uncool. She's she's such a bitch or whatever. But like, I understand that the emotions are running high. But Kira does not know that you are with Jacob. She has been in a hotel enjoying the Kira air conditioning. Kira has no information and was told by production, we want you to go back. And as we have been able to tell Kira's like ready to play ball with producers. Yeah. And she's pretty game. So she comes back and she's like, Jacob, can I, can I talk to you? And Jacob is like, sure. And she says to Jacob that she was blindsided that she didn't get his rose. She's had a couple of days to process and she hasn't been able to get him out of her head. She thought that they, what they had was real though. It was new. And this, I'm like, Kira, Come on. He picked Lace. Like, I respect her willingness to, like, pursue things and to put herself out there. But, like, realistically, what happened was not that your romance was cut off too early in its prime. It's that he looked at it and he was like, I'd rather have something else. And that was was his answer. So... Jacob is, like, clearly trying to buy himself some time to try to figure out what to say. Because he's like, so what are you saying? You have you have feelings for me? And she's like, yes. He is loving this. Jill is watching, getting super anxious. Jacob and Kira apparently are having a really long conversation where he's like, tell me more about how you have feelings for me. I'm curious. I just want to get my arms around the whole situation here. I want to understand what's happening. 
And Kira is really pulling out all the stops. She's choking up. She's like, you felt like home to me. That's why I felt so devastated. I couldn't leave without seeing about the possibility of a second chance. She holds his hand. They laugh together. Finally, Jill gets fed up. She's like, I'm going to bed. Romeo and her now who's now like her platonic bodyguard, I guess. And Brittany are with her watching. And Romeo's like, come on, Jacob, go get your girl. And Brittany goes right up to Jacob and is like, what's going on? You just really pissed off Jill. She's running upstairs. So they're they're there to to guard and protect Jill's heart. Yes. Jacob is like, whoa, we're just having a conversation. And after Brittany departs, he turns to Kira and says, look, we have great chemistry. Yes. And I adore that you really put yourself out there. But I feel like things with us are just too forced and it was never really going to work out with us. And uh, sorry. Thanks for coming back. You know, I appreciate it. Kira is the queen of needing to be dumped like four times in one conversation. Yeah. She's I was like, like, do you uh, feel so do you feel like there? And I'm like, Kira, he just told you to leave. Also, I was like, honestly, Aww. that was Jacob did a decent job. I thought that was like a very respectful no, like respecting of your time. But clear. I appreciate it. Thank you for putting yourself out there. But like I don't feel that this connection is there. You don't you don't ask again at that point. And this you just say, okay, yeah. I hear you. In this moment, I was like, maybe he did learn something from the feedback on how he handled dumping Gabby. Gabby? Gabby. Yes. Gabby. Because <laughs> then he like never had a thing with Rachel. So I was like, really? He dumped Gabby for Rachel? Um, I do think maybe he learned something. This was a, a thought through, gentle but clear breakup. And she's like, so what you're saying is that you feel like maybe there's, he's like, Safe travels. He literally is like, safe travels. I have to go comfort Jill. And he's feeling bad. He's like, Jill is special. I fucked up. He goes to apologize to her. And he tells her that he wanted closure. And Jill's like, for two conversations. <laughs> I don't I even think he... Kira. Kira oh, Kira. oh yeah, she yeah. wanted closure. Yeah. And Jill is like... Jill is just in a state where she's, like, shit-talking Kira. And you can tell Jacob is trying to affirm Jill and support her while also not stepping in it and talking shit about a woman on national TV again. Again. Yeah, he's like, she was really set on me, but after our date, things are so good. Like, I'm not going to mess anything up for us. And she ends up feeling like, thank you, Dr. Kira. You really gave me an opportunity to feel chosen because... He chose me. And, and look, everyone everyone deserves to feel chosen. Genevieve would tell you. Jill would tell you. Any woman on the speech would tell you. They just want to feel chosen and pursued and wanted and maybe kissed more than once every morning. <laughs> but now Kira's at loose ends and Romeo has another lady friend that he fucked over to comfort. So he catches up with Kira. and. He he asks her, like, what's going on? How are you doing? And she says, you know, I got what I wanted out of Jacob. I got clarity. And I'm so glad I came back here for this conversation because I realized this man doesn't understand me or accept me for who I am. And she gets emotional. She says, I know I can be too much. I can be too fun and flirty and forward. A lot of people take that the wrong way. And you never did. You were always so nice to me and accepting of me. And I always appreciated that. 
Romeo is also clearly been holding in emotion. Like he's having a rough few yeah. days. So he starts to cry too. Yeah. And I feel like Kira senses this moment of vulnerability and is like, so do you think maybe, maybe you should have made a different decision with your rose? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I think it would have been better for me if I had picked you. Didn't she like shut him down? She was like, no, I won't take your rose. Well, yeah. Jill said the same thing and then Jill took yeah. it. And she says, I think so too. I wish we had given this a real try. I wish we had that second chance. She also now calls this unfinished business. Kira has left just a litter of unfinished business threads all over the speech when she left. So they kiss and she asks him to leave paradise with her. This, you can see him like, really trying to do the calculation oh yeah what is gonna be the best decision he's like you mean like tonight tonight like leave like tonight and she says tonight and she's smiling keeping her game face on really bravely while he stares at her silently with for a long time like his eyes slightly gazing off into the distance as the wheels turn and he's like carry the two and and he's like Uh, all right Okay. Yeah, I do think that actually would be the best outcome. He's like, actually, yeah, I feel like this seems wise. Like, what am I doing here at this point? Which, you know, he is correct. At least then you have a teammate, right? You leave paradise together. Maybe things don't work out, but you kind of mend the fence with with at least one person who is mad at you on the beach by not and you don't and you don't need to drag this out any longer just to be like rejected like what's the point get into some air conditioning a day early like it's probably definitely see him under other circumstances being like i know i'm not going to get a rose but i don't want to leave with you but i think that he had had burned so many bridges that it was like this is an opportunity to to rebuild a bridge as well yeah. And so that might outweigh the fact that it will look like a really bizarre, chaotic decision to do this. <laughs> I'm just weighing it all out. Like maybe on the whole, this is actually the sanest approach. So he is like, okay, let's do it. They give one of those like couple in the moments as they leave. Oh my God. This is what, Kira has an incredible ability to just like rewrite her narrative at any given moment. Like, it's just a bold turn and you have to respect it. She's like, you know, I had Romeo in mind all along and it turned out he was the right guy for me. We did paradise right. We explored other connections and realized that most people can't handle us. What? And Romeo just looks like he's dissociating. The camera <laughs> zooms this- <laughs> in on his blank glassy stare. It's like the the end of The Graduate, except if the two people at the back of the bus had had like four conversations and made out once. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just on this bus to look a little bit better on TV right now. I am going to guess that this relationship does not pan out, but you know, yeah. I do, I do want the best for both of them. I do too. I, the, you know, they both, they both bring a lot to the table, but I I wished I wish that they had had different different arcs in paradise. Same. And uh I think Kira's right that people do you know not always take her her form of flirtiness and forwardness well and I'm sure that's very frustrating and it's not entirely fair. Um but it is incredible to like come on the beach for Jacob and then be like Romeo's talking to me. 
the last time that we talked, I was like, you're a little boy and you're not good enough for me, but maybe you're actually the only per- guy who's ever really understood and appreciated me and never hurt me except for, you know what? We're not going to talk about that anymore. That didn't happen. And we're in love now after half a conversation and three kisses. For- oh, sheer, sheer force of conviction fueling this relationship on Kira's you, part. Ah. Fortune favors the bold, Claire. That's so true. And it looks like next week uh, we get to torture the women some more. So, huzzah. I'm furious. It looks like they are going to send the women to a hotel and just bring in new women for the men to date. Yeah. It's like, they're like, what if we did Casa Amor, like on Love Island, but less equal? Like only the men have power. Just... That's what we need to do. That twist, <laughs> but more, more good things for the men. The men have it too hard. The, yeah, the men uh, are suffering. Yeah, I'm already angry. But that does bring us to the end of this week's episodes. And it's time for us to get into Love to See It, Hate to See It. First, Love to See It. I mean, we love to see Brandon and Serene just having their the notebook level romance that both fills me with absolute joy and absolute cringe because it's so it's so almost too pure and almost too (laughs) earnest. And I'm I'm so happy for them. Also love to see Sally really just like sticking to her boundaries and making a swift exit. Mad respect. I also love to see Sierra's incredibly sweet gift to Michael and her heroic composure upon immediately being dumped. That was a real star turn by Sierra. Truly. I also, frankly, love to see Ashley I sauntering up to the bar at like 1 a.m. and asking Wells for a coconut water. And he's like, Ashley, this is a bar relatable i too would want a coconut water she's probably dehydrated do they not serve coconut water at bars is it just tequila not this only? bar claire it's tequila only i love to see jill feeling chosen having a relationship that makes her feel good even if i don't understand it you know <laughs> it's it's her heart and i'm glad to see her having fun for for once Exactly. Now it's time for hate to see it. First, just hate to see Genevieve and Justin's entire vibe. I, I, from start to finish, hate it all. There's been no point in that relationship that I've felt any sort of joy or pleasure watching them get to know each other. Also hate to see just completely inconsequential filler from Jared and Ashley for three episodes. Like, we all want a couple's getaway without our baby, but, like, we don't put it on television and waste the time of hardworking other parents of babies who want to make the most of our post-bedtime hours and our post-bedtime TV. Also hate to see Wells just shading lace for her age. Like... I'm sorry. Leave Lace alone. She's five years younger than Mike. No, she is seven. No. Six years younger than Michael. (laughs) Six years younger than Michael. She is not some, like, shriveling, withered crone. And I am tired of this narrative. She's not, like, a generation older than than everyone on the beach. She's, like, 
like four to seven years older than a lot of the cast and fully five to six years younger than some of the men. Also hate to see Genevieve and Shanae coming together, but only for evil to do the producer's bidding and bully Sally off the beach. It really, they're, you know, Paradise seems to be bringing out kind of the worst in Genevieve and their friendship too seems to be bringing out the worst. And um, it was hard to watch. I hated to see Pizza Peter at all, just on my screen. Hated to see him getting more screen time and also torturing Brittany with his presence. Although I will say I did love to see Casey getting the opportunity to dunk on him. I hate to see Kieran Romeo's extremely forced, the graduate exit, very, very uncomfortable vibes, very weird vibes. I wish that, that Kira had had protected herself a little better from production and that Romeo had just not gone on this show. <laughs> but um, not the most triumphant conclusion for either of them, but I wish them the best. I also hated to see some of the women calling Kira crazy and desperado for coming back to the beach when, like, come on, y'all. We all know that this was because of production. Yeah, I don't think that Kira... Kira maybe could have said no, and that's fair, but she did not just show up. Production literally sent her there, and she doesn't... She didn't know what was happening. So, yeah, infuriating. Now it's time for our steaminess rating out of 10 margarita hot tubs. I feel like this was like a a fairly steamy episode. We got some good Brandon and Serene makeouts. We got Jacob and Jill. Yeah. Naked. Like Ashley, I and Ashley and Jared boned. And they they gave us they gave us a lot of cues. Like, I don't know what it is about this beach, but the mood is right. That were just cues for them to play B-roll of, like, every established couple in paradise making out in a hot tub. So we got, we got, we got the mouth-on-mouth action in, and I think, I think maybe a seven. Seven, yeah. I agree. I felt, I could feel like the sticky sweetness of paradise as I watched. That's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, spread the word to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claranemapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at ClaireandEmma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week for another week of Bachelor in Paradise. Stitcher. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. 
But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.